Welcome to Talking Point from Adventist Radio London, preparing you for the return of Jesus Christ. I'm Mike Johnson. Now, part of the church's function is to nurture individuals in readiness for service to God, using the spiritual gifts that he has given to them. We do that in part through the School of Evangelism, where cohorts of like-minded people are taught biblical principles for service. One of these cohorts is for creative writing, and I recently met up with the group as they were discussing the story of Nabal and Abigail. Throughout the discussion, you'll hear songs from Marvin Winans, Otis Clay, B.B. and C.C. Winans, Babby Mason, and Jessica King. Here now is group leader Divinia Reynolds, who's cheering the discussion. Hello, my name is Divinia, and I lead a creative writing class. And one of the things that we do is we look at biblical narratives, these rich stories, and we seek to find whatever nuggets we can for our everyday lives as we read and write about them. And today I have with me Brenda, Hi. Lucille, Hi. and Daryl. Hello. And we are looking at the story of Abigail, which is found in 1 Samuel chapter 25 and from verse 1.
Okay, so let's go around the table and I'm going to ask each of us what we found from the story, what stuck out for you, what resonated for you as you were thinking about that. I think what stuck out for me um, was that Abigail um, was married to Nabal, someone called Nabal, but Abigail was a very beautiful woman. She was very wise in her dealings. Mm -hmm. And Nabal was rich, very rich, but he was a very harsh and wicked man. He mm. was a scoundrel yeah. in all that he did. And that, that really kind of resonated and stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brenda and Vassil. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, I agree with Brenda saying that, yes, he was a, uh, Abigail was a woman of great wisdom mm -hmm. because it shows that in the story, as we go through the story, but also I can see the contrast between this relationship, this husband and yes. wife, yes. and how different they are. The man is cruel, but the wife was beautiful, and also she had a beautiful character. Yes. And that really stand out for me. And, um, and I admire her so much to have that, such a beautiful character in, mm. in a situation like that, in a home like that, mm. and living with someone like that. Mm. And I would, I would think that this, his influence would influence her, but it seems he didn't influence her, regardless how cruel and evil he was. I agree with um, what Lucille said um, mm. in, in, when she contrasts the characters. Mm -hmm. um, what, what I learned from it, or, um, from, the, or from the beginning of it, is that both characters were rich, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so um, Nabal was rich in terms of material wealth, yeah, mm -hmm. and it will, it will focus about him having a lot of cattle and a lot of money, mm -hmm. whereas Abigail was um, rich in terms of her um, character, mm -hmm. yeah. So she mm -hmm. had that the attributes of being beautiful inside and out. Mm -hmm. She was humble. She was tactful. She had wisdom, you know, and she um, was rich spiritually. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you see the contrast of being rich spiritually and also being rich in the material way. You know, and mm -hmm. it just kind of reminded me um, of the verse in the Bible where it talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. And there was a connection with Nebel being um, rich but also harsh and evil in all mm -hmm. his doings. So I was thinking there might be a connection there. So we've set the scene. And what was the specific incident that happened in this story? Um, it's actually from verse 5. David um, and his messengers, um, it was a difficult time for them because um, they had lost um, their prophet Samuel who died. So it was during a time of mourning. Um, as well as um, dealing with that, um, they were on the run because David was promised to be king. Mm -hmm. um, David was being pursued by Saul. And as a result, um, David and his men had to run away. Um, they were on the run, you could mm. say fugitives. Yeah. And um, as a result, they become tired and hungry, as well as mourning for the loss of um, the prophet Samuel. Mm. And they knew that they could find um, food um, that Nabal had. And this, David's um, thought up a plan of sending messengers with um, mm. greetings of goodwill. Mm to Nabal um, to, to explain the situation that they were currently in mm. and um, that is what David done you know so they were looking for a favorable response from Nabal um, considering as well that David and his men had done something good for him before 
where his wealth that he had acquired had been protected. Okay, so let's try and draw some conclusions from those earlier points that we brought out. Can you identify with this situation of needing help or asking for help um, in some way? Is there a um, story or an illustration that you can think of and how that impacted those involved? I think with that story, it was interesting because you know, the two different characters of, um, of Abigail and Nabal, the two different, they're on two different spectrums. Yeah. One was very kind and caring and, mm. um, and wise, and the other one was foolish, mm. you know, and, uh, and um, didn't care about people's feelings, just went ahead and did what he wanted to do. Yeah. So what, what I, I, I draw from that is that, you know, when we live, a life that is right, when we live a life that is pleasing to God, then there's blessings in that. Yes. You know, but when we when we live on the other spectrum and we live a life that is evil and wicked, there is no profit in that. There is no there is nothing good that's gonna come out of that for your life. Mm -hmm. So for me, um I feel like it's the lessons in that is showing that we have to treat others as we ourselves would like to be treated. Mm -hmm. If we have it in our power to help someone, then we should help someone. Yes. Because that's what Jesus calls us to do, is to help others. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think those positive examples mm -hmm. are there for our learning and for our admonition to help us to become better people. Yes. So I think that's important. Something as simple as um, like um, as as you know, it's Christmas time coming up soon, yeah. and um, there's a lot of homeless people on the streets. So, mm. oftentimes, uh, many of us might tend to walk past them, you know, and they might mm. be begging or asking for money. But right. I always tend to, if I have it on me, um, change. I'll give them some change, you know, because I think it's the right thing to do. And also, you um, need to think about, you know, I could be in their place one day, you know, and what would I want to happen to me? you know, if I was in that position, you know, so, mm. and the Bible does talk about it's more blessed to um, give than to receive, yeah. you know, and so to think of people in difficult situations, if they come to us asking for help, mm. and we have the means, and it doesn't always have to be financial, mm. then I think it's our duty, you know, as not only as Christians, but even as human beings to mm. respond to that need if we have it. How do you see verse 21 in terms of how Nabal responded. It shows how ungrateful he was. I know we mentioned earlier about probably we see someone on the street and how do we respond to that. Yeah. But that case, in that case, this is a different scenario because um, uh, Nabal knew David. Mm -hmm. He knew what he did. Yes. And he was showing ingratitude. Yeah. Yes. But we might see someone on the street, we don't know their story, we yeah. don't know their need. Yeah. But this instant, he knew, he knew the, the need, he knew the people were running, he knew David was running away, mm -hmm. and he knew he was in hiding and he had plenty of food, but he chose not to give. Yes. So there, this is a different scenario. So sometimes yes. if we know someone's need and mm. we can see that 
they are in need yes. and we'll say oh yes we'll pray for you or something like that and we want help so that is really totally different it shows our selfish character coming out yeah but we might see someone on the street we don't know their situation we don't know if that's what they do for their living yeah. so we will we will think twice maybe but he knew the situation he knew mm. that uh, david's situation but he chose not to help so I think so, there is so a difference. That, so that being the case then, was, was Nabal lying then But when he said that he doesn't know who David is and I, he doesn't know who the messengers are? Because believe. he was saying, why should I give up my things yeah. to people that I don't know? Yeah. And that, who is this yes. David and who are these who are you as his messengers? Yeah. Yes. He said, why should I give it to you and I don't even know who you are? Be so, so was he lying then? I think then, he yeah. was because further down the story, um, uh, the servant said, look, uh, David protected us. Yeah. So how did uh, we relate the story to Abigail? So they, um, so um, Nabal must have known. It's showing us as well. If we know someone genuinely mm. need, mm. there are people who are genuinely, and we turn away from them. But there are others we are not sure. So mm. sometimes we may not respond mm. and say, "Oh yes, I'm going to help." Because we are not sure, we think, well, shall we, shall we not? Because we have so many stories mm. who, who people who beg on the street, for the, that's their living, that's, the, that's how they do things, and we're not mm. sure. Yeah. But this one was a real need, he knew about it. And he, and had, he, and he had more than enough. And he had more than enough to help. Yeah. Well, so we need to really um, look at the situation and say, okay, this person is in need, we're going to help.
How did David respond to this? <laughs> if you look at verse 13. Well, he wasn't a happy bunny. <laughs> wasn't happy oh, at all. Well, David was Dave, David wasn't pleased about that, and he mm. told his men to to get their swords out, basically. <laughs> yes. And he himself got his own sword out as well. Yep. He, he he didn't re, re react um, favorably to how um, Nabal was behaving towards him because yeah. he felt he was ungrateful and um, you know he he was just unjust in his behavior towards him so he asked his soldiers get out your sword you know this is i'm not standing for this, <laughs> this kind of treatment you know and that's what they did drawing that back to this day and age i mean everybody deals with things in different ways but i think as um christians we should um try and deal with things the way god wants us to deal with things in trying to resolve conflicts mm. um, by talking, by trying to resolve it, by going to the person and mm. saying, look, I'm not happy with what you did here. You know, you hurt me or, you mm. know, this situation is not right. Um, we need to come to some kind of compromise, you know, and try and, and solve it that way. Yes, I mean, I agree to a certain extent, but at the same time, David had many other incidents he could have taken revenge against Saul, but he didn't. So really and truly, this one must have been something different for him, he, because it really, he was really angry at that mm. time. In response to Lucille, yeah, um, with David, David didn't um, put any hurt on Saul, King Saul, because mm. he realized that he was anointed of God. And he already knew, David already knew that God had um, promised that he was going to be the next king in line. So that, and that was guaranteed because we know God always keeps his promises. They mm. come to pass. So he had no reason to um, go ahead of God and, and take Saul's life knowing that it was already promised to him. And um, Saul was um, anointed at that time, you know. But um, what I wanted to say also in response with... Um, if, if um, David was justified in, in going after Nabal to maybe take his mm -hmm. life, um, how I look at it is that Nabal, um, he didn't have to give anything to David. It was his. It belonged to him. Mm -hmm. And they were coming, his, David's messengers were coming and making a request. Mm -hmm. And it was up to Nabal because it was his possessions, his belongings. He could have given it or he could have decided not to give it. Yeah. You know, because he had a character flaw. And it says that he was evil and, and that he had a lot of riches which he accumulated to himself. That's um, the way that he responded to, to David. Yeah. You know? But David, when we look at um, even like God and Satan, you know, we look at the different characters. One's got a flawed character, one's got mm -hmm. a true character. There was war in heaven. One wanted a position that didn't belong to them. They didn't get it. And then they tried to create a war. Mm. Even then, that character with the character flaw could have been struck down. But that character is still here to, to, to live another day, so to speak. You know? But all things happen within a certain time. And, and there's a season for everything. You know? And I think if we approach things the way God would or the way Jesus would, you know, yeah. then, then it saves ourselves a lot of problems. You know? As we will see mm. later on in this story. There was, there was an intervention. Yeah, so. that, that is true, what you say. But also, I think it reveals certain flaw in David's character as well. Because it shows mm. that he's got a bad temper. And I think sometimes 
situation happened to us as okay. Christians as yeah. well yeah. to reveal yeah. a certain personality mm. trait or character in us which probably we haven't recognized. This is Divinia and here in our creative writing class we are just really getting into a discussion about um, the story of Abigail and um, when she met David and also her husband in the bowel and, and that situation. So, um, and we just got to the point where David was ready to draw his sword mm. <laughs> um, after Nabal had insulted him. Are there any situations today when we could, that we can think of, you know, what makes us want to draw our swords? Well, I think when we are angry, we use different swords. He was using a literal <laughs> sword, mm. but we use words, mm. right? Words can be a weapon, yes. and I believe words can kill. Yes. Our mm. swords can be words. We can use words against that's a weapon against people yes. to destroy them mm. and words are powerful wow yeah. that's a really good example yeah because we we're speaking every day we're using words and sometimes yeah. we don't examine them do we i think people are different as well in the in in terms of the way they deal with certain situations yeah, yeah. because some people are introverts some people yes. are extroverts so some people will more want to kind of lash out with their words yeah um yeah as a first reaction whereas somebody mm -hmm. who may be introvert may kind of internalize it mm. you know they'll keep that in and um probably they won't talk to the person or yeah. you know they'll have to deal with it in their own way mm. for them to come to terms with the with them the emotional hurt if you like mm -hmm. you know um but i think um the way God would want us to deal with it is to go to the person and tell them they've upset us, you know, and that's not always, not saying that's an easy thing to do because sometimes it's hard, especially when it's someone that's really close to you, it can be really difficult and, and I think you have to spend a lot of time with God, prayer in prayer and study for you to get to that point where you feel you can go and talk to that person and resolve it in that way, but it's a, it's a process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think for myself, as um, Brenda said, there's different ways that, mm. that we react. Um, I know in a particular instance um, where my job was on the line um, mm. of being faced with redundancy, you know, that um, mm. I was quite insulted and angered and annoyed by that, you know, that my job was treated as being insignificant, you know, mm. along with the other my colleagues that work in the same position, you mm. know, and because of I was upset and angry about that, I decided to type on my computer. That was my way of mm. doing writing and letting my emotions mm. yeah. out and yes. talking about how I was feeling, yes. who I was angry with, mm. Um, mm. which was the government. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and, then, no less. and then I just sent it out to mm -hmm. a newspaper mm -hmm. and it went into the newspaper yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and it, by the end of it, I don't know if it was the newspaper or being re-interviewed for my job, yeah. but I ended yeah. up keeping my job. So you got and a so, result. So I got a, got a result by doing that, but I think I've done it in a kind of a nice, calm way. I put my anger onto the page, yeah. and but it came out in such a way that it generated a response nationally because yeah. it was in a national paper and it was affecting other people in, in the same type of job that I was doing mm. and I managed to keep my job so at the end of it. Positive so positive anger and negative yeah, anger there. You know, you know, and it was it was um maybe directing with the issue indirectly because mm. obviously I didn't go to ten Downing Street personally mm. to speak. 
but I was addressing that issue that affected a lot of people, myself included, mm-hmm. and it made some difference to people, but especially to me, because mm-hmm. I ended up keeping my job. So, wow. so would so, you say you were seeking revenge, or, or were you I, just expressing your I was frustration? Ex- I was expressing my frustration in, yeah. in, in the system that was against me and, mm-hmm. and the, my job position that yeah. I was in. You know, I thought I was being treated unfairly, and I was giving the reasons why I thought this shouldn't happen, mm-hmm. and, and, and explaining what I do and what my colleagues do as a job, and why we should be taken seriously and be more valuable, a more valuable asset within society and within within the government system and I just put it out there not thinking it would do anything but it generated a lot of response from the public and and those you know that have people within this work situation and it wasn't really exposing specific individuals it was exposing a system you know Mm -hmm. so whereas when we look at this case with David and um, Nabal it was very personal Mm. It was like a personal attack, you know, and that's mm. why he was insulted, you know, mm. David was insulted, mm. you know, it was a personal attack, you know, but sometimes we have systems that mm. are attacking us and it's mm. about not exposing individuals mm. or maybe the system, the system that is at operation to get an overall result for everybody. Nice segue into what Abigail did in response um, from verse 27. What can we say about Abigail's response? I think it really reflects her character, isn't it? Because yes. at the beginning of the story, she says she was a woman of good wisdom. Yes. So she had wisdom. Ah, so wisdom. she dealt with the situation. <laughs> yes. And knowing her husband, she thought, nah, it would not be a wise thing to tell him anything. I better take charge. So she dealt with the situation, thought, okay, I'll take this into, I'll take it, take the situation in hand and I will deal with it. And she dealt with it. Hmm with great wisdom. Mm. Mm. So that's similar to what Daryl was saying, wasn't it? Because yeah. yeah, just yeah. Um, made a difference. She, mm. she made the difference, mm. really. And there are times when we all have to kind of take a stand and, and be the one who makes a difference so that mm-hmm. a situation can change. Join together, hand in hand. We can make a difference. We can change this world. We all live together in this world. God created us to be one big family. I know we all look different. But inside we feel the same Something's wrong But who's to blame? Fighting one another had to leave The enemy is hatred Your brother is your friend Let's pray and lift our voices to the We try In every child There's a hero Let's help them find it in their hearts And teach them not to hurt themselves Or anybody else We can make a difference 
volatile situation and then Abigail diffused it. How did she do that? Well, I read the scripture from um, 1 Samuel 25 verse 18 going on. It says, Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five shears of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, Go on before me, see, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. So it was, as she rode on the donkey, that she went down under cover of the hill. And there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so, and more also, to the enemies of David. If I leave one male, of all who belong to him by morning light. Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be, and please, let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. I'm Divinia and 
I have here Brenda, Lucille and Daryl and we're here in our creative writing class today having a very thought-provoking discussion about the story of Abigail. So we're going to list four things. We have the Holy Spirit's involvement. God is the unseen character, I think, in this, in this story and how people have responded to him. There's a meeting of two Holy Spirit-filled people here. Secondly, preparation. Sometimes there's preparation that's involved in dealing with these conflicts. And then finally, um, the idea of putting yourself at risk, putting yourself last in a situation, as Abigail says, taking it on me, the situation on herself, even though she was innocent. So let's start with the role of the Holy Spirit here and this meeting when this meeting first took place between David and Abigail. By Abigail's actions, we know she was a spirit-filled person because upon um, rushing hastily to um, avert danger and meeting David and his mm -hmm. messengers, yeah. um, the scriptures say she dismounted off the donkey mm -hmm. and she bowed um, before David with her face to the ground. Mm -hmm. And um, she was in a position um, of worship and of humbleness. And um, it, her being in that position, it was something that David would, would have recognised mm. because he's come from a similar background where he knows God and, and he knows about worship and bowing down. Mm. You know, so it was um, two um, spirits that were alike, you know, that were meeting. And that's perhaps why she had a favourable response from David. Um, a similar um, incidence that, um, of what happened here with David and Abigail um, and Abigail bowing down and worshipping mm -hmm. on, the, on the floor um, is with Abraham when um, some angels came to greet him and he recognised mm -hmm. that he was, you know, in the presence of, um, you know, spiritual beings mm -hmm. belonging, he was in the presence of spiritual beings belonging to God and so he also bowed down and he worshipped, you know, and it just shows, you know, the spirit that was in Abraham, you know, and, you know, these are how God's children are, you know, there's a time when we need to bow down, we need to worship, we need to pray, you know, and we need to ask, you know, for God's intervention, you know, on certain, certain situations that, you know, could be volatile or if we're looking for an answer for something, there's a certain time that we have to bow down, we have to worship and seek um, God's counsel and advice, you know, and then, then we know that we can avert danger and we can be led and be spirit-led and not flesh-led you know, which will cause a lot of disruption onto ourself. You talked about how she went out to meet, meet David, so she was prepared. So um, would you like to talk or add some more about preparation in these yeah, situations? Yeah, I can see in every, in every situation or in any conflict, preparation is very, very important because mm. you need to know you need to know you're meeting the unknown. You need to be really prepared, spiritually prepared. Mm -hmm. And also we can see in that situation physically as well because she sent her servant with food. Yeah. And when, probably when David saw that, probably <laughs> his heart melted. <laughs> he oh, wow, what's, what's coming? Mm. So I, I believe that it's very, very important in any situation Yes, we'll pray about it, but there are physical things we can mm. do as well to defuse any situation. Mm. Because sometimes we think, oh yeah, I'll just pray about it and that's it. Yes. But I can see in that situation, she didn't just pray about it, although the Bible didn't say she prayed. But she did 
physical thing, tangible things mm. you can see. Yes. yes. So yeah. really it helps us to understand mm. there are actually things we can do, not just mm. pray, but also apply tangible things yeah. as well.
given to me the ultimate sacrifice. Abigail really put herself at risk, didn't she? Because she could have just made herself an easier target for David to just sort her out there and then with this sword that he had drawn. Um, so who'd like to say something about, about that? The idea of putting yourself last even, uh, you know, which... I think, I think she, Abigail knew that she was the only one in the household that could have dealt with it. You know, she yes. couldn't tell her husband because she, if she had told him, hmm. he would have just made a mess of the situation. So hmm. she, took, she took the burden on her own shoulders. Yeah. And she, um, you know, she took the responsibility of um, dealing with the situation. Hmm. Because she had Christ in her as well. I think that, you know, she knew God was with her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's why she sent the food ahead of time. And like Daryl said, you know, food is the way to the man's heart. So, you know, <laughs> she made sure she prepared a big meal, lots yeah. of different things, mm. grains and cakes, figs, um, loads of grain. Lots of wisdom there, isn't there? Yeah. And she, she, she understood really thought, yeah, she the really person. she thought through what yes. she was doing, yes. you know, and, and that's why she said sent all the food ahead of time before she reached there yeah. so that that can soften David's heart, you know. So I think that that, that was key, that she, she really took on the responsibility and she knew that her husband couldn't have done it. But also, if I am, um, that's what David wanted at the beginning, isn't it? <laughs> the food. <laughs> now he's got the food. So maybe you'll say, well... I've got the food now. That's what I wanted. I didn't want to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to kill anyone. That was not his intention. Mm-hmm. He just wanted some food. Now he's got the food. So maybe he thought, well, all right, no need to kill anyone, anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. Or no need to cause any trouble. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can see the humility mm-hmm. in both of them. Yes. And remember, well, I don't know, but I suppose in those days women didn't have much standing or whatever mm-hmm. but we can see the humility in both of them mm-hmm. that um, they acknowledge each other mm-hmm. and he was willing to acknowledge her as well mm-hmm. and said look you have saved me from causing bloodshed mm-hmm. which really 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 shows the humility and he accepted this mm-hmm. as well so we can see the humility in both of them mm-hmm. also for me um Abigail being a risk taker, it reminds me um, of Rahab, you know, and how she brought the spies into her own home, you know, um, mm. which the spies being God's ch- children as yeah. well. And she, by doing that, she put her life at risk, you yeah. know, but then we realised that what she done was very significant, that she's now in the book of faith in yeah. Hebrews, mm-hmm. and um, Jesus comes through the genealogy of yeah. Rahab. You know, so because of that one simple act, you know, and in this yeah. instance, it was one simple act that mm. Abigail mm. done that really averted danger, you know. Yeah. And so I see, you know, there's a lot of stories with women in the Bible mm. that are risk takers and, you know, um, where danger was pronounced and it's been averted mm. because of their spirit-filled intervention. Yeah. I think yeah. Esther, Esther took that same stance yes. as well, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, she knew that... Um, 
the Jews were going to be killed and, yeah. and you, she couldn't go into the king mm -hmm. without him calling for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she had to fast, call and mm -hmm. fast throughout yes. the whole province mm -hmm. so that everybody could fast and pray for her for yeah. three days so that she could go into the king, you know. Mm -hmm. And she took a risk in doing that That's, because she yes. could have been killed. Yes. Right. She could have easily right. been killed. But yeah. she, when she heard um, Mordecai, what, what was going, when Mordecai told her, um, you know what was what yeah. the other the plot the yeah. plot that was against yes. against the Jewish people. Mm. She decided to take on that fast, and she decided to take that risk to go into the king and tell him what was going on, basically. And you know, she she was very brave in doing that. Abigail uses uses a very interesting um, phrase. She says that she's going to take. She said, um, in verse twenty four. Upon me, let this iniquity or this wrongdoing be on me. So there's this idea of her being innocent, but yet she took on the responsibility. Um, can we speak? You know what that reminds that? me of, as you're saying that, that mm -hmm. reminds me of Christ. Yeah. When he said, um, if this cup can be taken from me, but he was still willing to come down to earth and die for us. You know, because he loved us. Mm. You know, he was willing to take on that responsibility, you know, to reconcile the whole world to him. Yes. For, you know, he said for, um, mm. in um, John three sixteen, for yeah. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that was a great thing he did. Yes. He didn't have to take on our sins onto himself, but he did because Amazing. he loves us. Amen. And that is a powerful thing. Okay, so let's summarize Abigail then. Uh, Daryl? Yeah, one thing that I can say with Abigail um, is that she was a risk taker. You know, she put her life on the line um, and she had the um, character of Christ and Christ put his life on the line, you know, for us. You know, so that we can be saved from our sins and yeah. be given a, a second chance. And Abigail done that in this story. Mm. Mm, for me, um, there are many points, but I think with um, Abigail, she was very brave. And uh, the, the interesting thing, she took the responsibility, even though she was innocent. Mm. And that really shows really, really, really a strong personality and character. And I think that is my point, my main point really. Brenda? I think um, Abigail was unequally yoked, but she was a wonderful person. Mm. She was unequally yoked in the bow, but in the end she ended up marrying the right person, which was David, because they were both equally yoked. And um, it's amazing how God can turn a bad situation into a good one, um, despite you know, mistakes or whatever happens. God is, God is the restorer of everything. Thank you, everyone. This has been such an interesting conversation. And um, I think I've got to reflect on who I need to send some little gifts and food to now <laughs> myself. <laughs> and um, yeah, this has really made me uh, think. Um, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. And thank you, Daryl. Lucille and, and Brenda for um, those amazing points.
Radio London, inspiration for the soul.
understand I never understand Why he loved the common man So much that he would die in my place I'm so thankful for the gift of grace I'm so thankful for the gift of grace Much that he would die 